You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 33 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined by our social media manager, James Healy. Hello, James. How are you? Very well, Ian. You uh, you messaged me to uh, to get on uh, Skype for this week's podcast, but I was uh, snoozing on the sofa watching the snooker. <laughs> so lucky oh. you text me. You're, you're showing your age. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly could be forgiven for not wanting to watch Sky Sports News at the moment because it is pretty much wall-to-wall with the uh, with the European Super League. I mean, obviously, you worked at a professional club. I mean, how do you think the likes of Bristol City will be viewing, um, you know, the, these developments? Pretty much like everyone else, pretty much with disgust and shock. Uh, you just got to look at, like, the former pros that are coming out with their comments. I see Alan Shearer made a comment yesterday saying that he was in shock from from the, when the announcement came out and the timings of the announcements as well. He said it was all all in time for America because it came out over here at 11 o'clock, I think, in Europe at midnight. So it was all, all timed well for, for foreign shores. It's all about the money, isn't it? And yeah, I'm sure clubs like Bristol City, other Premier League clubs, I know they're having their meeting today at some point. I'm not sure if they've had it yet. Um talking about what, what their plans are going to be. So it'd be interesting to see what does happen. But, yeah, I think a lot of them are just going to be disgusted with what the, the greedy six over here want to do. Because, I mean, it does fundamentally change the face of the Premier League, doesn't it? I mean, when you think about um, Bristol City, obviously, you know, their aspirations to join the Premier League, um, it's going to be a different league without those six teams in it, not just because of the competition, but also because of the money involved. And, um you know, whilst we're talking about professional football, the fact that the money is a factor is something that worries me slightly when we look at the trickle down down the pyramid. The, the, the Premier League is a trough that, you know, in one way, shape or form, we're all feeding from. It's a strange one, isn't it? I just can't believe the way they've gone about it as well, which is people have been talking about something similar for years, but to all of a sudden it just broke randomly, I thought, and it's like, geez, what's going on here? But yeah, all, the, everyone, all clubs dream of playing in the Premier League, don't they? And playing against those big sides. You say big sides. I think Gary Neville summed it up quite well last night, didn't he? Saying about Arsenal and Tottenham, saying, well, what are they doing there? I'd rather be watching the winners of the San Marino League. Um, he's got quite a good point, really. They, they, Spurs haven't won anything. I mean, it's just, it's baffling. And yeah, I just, I can't get my head around it. I keep reading more and more in this just, yeah, as I say, it's just baffling, really. And clubs in the in the championship, as you say, want to get into the Premier League to play these big six sides. But will they be in the Premier League? Uh, will they get kicked out? Like, because there's talk of some people say they should be deducted points and then relegated, or kicked out of the league. So will they go down to the Conference? Imagine that, Yeovil Town playing Man City, Kevin De Bruyne up against like. Luke Wilkinson, I saw someone tweet, they said, that's what dreams are made of. I mean, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, on a serious note, our, our, our clubs have benefited from um, the finance of the Premier League through the Stadium Improvement Fund. Um, and it does concern me that, you know, if we see a knock-on effect with the television deal being reduced, you know, will these types of funds um, still be available? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they will, but probably to a far 
lesser extent than than they have been. And I mean, the other thing is that it, it is really wall to wall media at the moment. I do appreciate the fact that you know the situation is changing almost on an hourly basis as people resign from positions and all the rest of it. But um, we've had exceptionally good coverage I think of non-league football over the last 12 months I mean sadly most of it was its own farce when we look at what happened in the National League and uh, you know and the various votes of no confidence and buried reports but but there has been a spotlight on our on our non-league game and I I worry that that's going to be removed at a time when you know we are in the grips of this restructuring process and you know we know that it's going to have massive implications for the Western League because of clubs being moved out we can't really take our eye off the ball at the moment and with this you know pantomime going on in the background it's going to be difficult for non-league football to sort of get the column inches it deserves yeah it is yeah i think you said that well they said the pantomime what's going on we need to concentrate on on our level of football yeah the money coming down obviously has, has helped clubs massively um and with this you said their pantomime i think that's a, a great word how will it affect us we need to keep keep our eye on the ball really we do we need to talk about the football and that's exactly what we're going to do on this week's podcast we've got interviews with the uh, assistant manager of Bridgewater Dave Pierce and also one of the coaching team at Clevedon Lee Rendell and thanks to Mike Parrish at Plymouth Parkway and we'll also be carrying a post-match interview that he did with Parkway manager Lee Hobbs after their Vars game against Clevedon but we'll kick off Jim, with the match that you and I were lucky enough to be at on Friday night, Friday night football, under the lights, Bridgewater took on Tavistock. And, um, well, even if it wasn't necessarily one of the greatest footballing uh, occasions we've ever um, we've ever witnessed, it was quite possibly the most enjoyable after four months of the pandemic. Yeah, it was. I rather enjoyed it. And your commentary, I was listening in, even though I was at the game, along with a few others, I think. And I know Dave Crawford, the uh, Tavistock, photographer he was listening in as well during the game and you were helping him with his photo captions so uh, good job <laughs> Ian you and Ray you sounded very good on the uh, on the airwaves the dynamic duo uh, but yeah it was, a, it was a good I thought it was an entertaining game I mean Tavistock went through uh, 1-0 a goal come after 65 minutes when uh, Jordan Lanier slotted home after sort of a rebound after a good save by the uh, Bridgewater keeper um, but yeah it was quite a compelling game really and uh I think everyone that was lucky enough to get in, I know there was like a few people from Bridgewater and a few people from Tavistock that we had a chat with. I think everyone really enjoyed it. And uh, it was nice to, to get back to watching some football. So, yeah, Tavistock progressed through. Um, and they will host United Services Portsmouth on Saturday in the next round of the Vars. Obviously, Bridgewater were disappointed um, with the with the result. But um, I thought it was a good idea to catch up with their uh, joint manager Dave Pierce a few days after the dust had settled to get his reflections on that performance. Um, I think the, the the better team won on the night. There's no there's no question about that. We, we've videoed the game, we've watched it back, and you know they they just they were uh, better all over. Really, they created more chances and they just had more quality when they did create chances. Um, where you know, at the other end, we we got into some great positions, but the quality just wasn't there on the night. You know, and I thought they were they were a bit better on the ball than us, a bit more composed. Um, and I felt that you know, we, maybe maybe we didn't do enough on the night. You know, we we I think we relied relied far too much on our long throw that we've got. 
um, with instead of creating other things from different avenues. But you know, good luck to Tavistock. They're a good, uh, very good side, um, and I uh, hope they go far in the competition. I mean, I was impressed with Tavistock as well. But but to be fair, it was a very tight game, and you did have your chances, as, as you alluded to. So I mean, had you managed to get that one goal, um, things could have been very different on the night. Yeah, but again, I think it just comes down to yeah, okay, we had a lot of some good territory. But it's just that lack of quality. I, I do feel we. I look. I watch the game by now. We definitely should have a penalty. Um, okay, you know everyone's saying, "Oh, it's the rest decision in the day." But when you when you watch it back, as uh, a blatant penalty, which would have been a change of the game. But you know, we just didn't do enough. Didn't do enough for me in the in the in the final third. Um, you know, how many shots did their keeper make? Um, how many shots did they put on their keeper? Not that many, really. It was more, OK, long throw, long throw, put them under pressure, but nothing really came of it. Um, and, and that's the difference. You know, look at them, one shot, strikers flying it up, they get a goal. And that was the difference. Well, I, I certainly remember that penalty shout, but, but I also yeah. remember that your captain perhaps could consider himself fortunate to have stayed <laughs> on the pitch. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very, very lucky. Um, I, I was very surprised the referee sort of played advantage, and I think they, I think they won a throw in, didn't they, at the far, the, the far corner? But um, yeah, but you know, it's swings and roundabouts, isn't it? It, it, is. it? it is. But no, as I said, the better team won the night, and you know, good luck to them in the in the next round. Well, how far do you think they can go in this competition? Yeah, they've got Park haven't they? If they win the next one, so that'll be a, if they both get through. But you know, I think you know. You can go as far as you want. It's all on the day, isn't it? It's all on the day. Who turns up right? Who wants it more? Who's going to take their chances? They could go all the way. Why not? Yeah, why not? Same apart where they could go all the way. They've, they've both got quality players to, to get them there. They've got both teams have got great goal scorers in them. So yeah, why not? Why not go all the way? Now, normally for a game like this, there would be hundreds of fans in the ground cheering <laughs> you on. Um, that wasn't the case, sadly, on Friday night. Do you think that made a difference to you? No, I think our lads when we were at home, the, the, obviously our support's yeah, very, very good. Um, you know, we've got those uh, the young kids who come and watch who make a load of noise and the supporters behind the far goal. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what our players need. You know, as I said, looking at, looking at uh, the video back, uh, the body language of a few, a few of our lads isn't wasn't great. And you think, well, if we had supporters, yeah, it does make a difference. Uh, maybe that's what we've what we what we're going to miss for the um, not until we can have our crowds back. But yeah, you got to raise yourself, haven't you? As a player, you got to raise yourself, raise your game. Um, massive opportunity to get in the last sixteen, which was the furthest the club had been. And you know they adapted it fine, and yeah, you know we just didn't. I don't think. Well, there's always next season. One of the other things I wanted to ask you was, I mean, what was it like getting the boys back together? Because I mean, for me. Going to a game was, you know, it was a huge boost, you know. In fact, you know, I, I can remember talking to people at the ground saying it almost felt like, you know, a kid at Christmas. I mean, it must have been a mental boost for you and for the players to get back into the process of training together, you know, to get to get back playing again. Yeah, it was uh, the first couple of training sessions. Everyone, you know, was a smile on the faces. The balls are out, you know. Uh, the banners fly around, and, and that's what it's all about. End of the day, you know, the, the social side of it is just as important as the playing to, to most of the players. So, um, but no, it was great. You know, there's real. I mean, we were, we had a friend, a couple of friendlies beforehand, um, but you know, being in the changing room Friday night, there was a real 
a real buzz in the changing room straight away because it's a real game you know it means something um, but no it's delighted to just be back involved you know we, we still have the Les Phillips to play yet um, so you know we still got something to play for and hopefully we can keep that sort of um, get that buzz back I suppose after the game um, and carry on and try and win that one yeah that, that match is going to be about it's about another month or so away yeah. isn't it so how, yeah. how are you going to keep the boys sharp during that period well, we'll probably have, well, we've got organised a couple of friendlies already, but I think it's important to, you know, we'll, we'll keep training, but at the same time, we'll probably give them a bit of time off as well. We'll probably mix it up a little bit. You know, it, it is a funny time, really, and it? It's a shame that, oh, I know that the league want to do it with crowds and stuff, and I respect that, but if Tavis start losing next Saturday, you know, we'd like to maybe play it before, but I know they won't do that. Um, it's just a long time to keep the players you know, playing pointless friend no, not pointless friendlies, but games that don't mean anything. Um, because the minute the Les Phillips finishes, you're going to be back within three weeks of pre-season. So it just seems a bit of a long process without playing games that actually, you know, for your points and little cup games, it's just friendlies, friendlies, friendlies. And there's only so many of them you can do. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, but hopefully the lads will keep motivated. And, you know, I think they are now after... After losing that one, we, they probably realised as well that actually we can match we can match these teams, no no problem. It's just the final third where we just need to put them away when we're on top. Because of course it is Tavistock you'll come up against in yeah. the uh, Les Phillips Cup <laughs> semi final. Um, I mean, is that a blessing or a curse for you? Because of course you've had a good look at them up front. Now I know you'd have liked to have progressed in the FA Vars, of course you would. But yeah. actually, you know, from your own from your own sort of psychological point of view, you've got an opportunity to put that that. FA Vars defeat behind you. You could, you know, you could, you could make amends with the victory over Tavistock when you play them again. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, again to these, you know, all the cup compositions. If you wanna, you wanna win it, you're gonna come across one of the top teams anyway. So whether it's in the final or semi-final, so we know we'd have played them or you know, Hallner in there, Bradford are in there. You might get Exmouth partway. So you know, we have gotta just go in there. We know, we know what their strengths are. We gotta try and nullify that. Because you know, as, as you'd have seen the other night, the first twenty minutes they should have been about you know, three, four, not up really, um, and we got to nullify that and impose ourselves on them this time. I think we sort of we hid a little bit in the first twenty minutes, um, but yeah, it'll be a great game again. Crowds will be back hopefully, but no, we look forward to it and hopefully we'll get to the final this time. Third time lucky in a row, I think it is. So yeah, I think we lost two semi-finals in a row, so hopefully make it third time lucky. Well, we know you're an ambitious club. So, what targets have you set for yourself on the pitch next season? Well, that's the discussion to have with the uh, the new uh, the new owner. Um, obviously, we want to be in the in, in amongst it, but it's going to be very tough again. You know, if these restructures happen and we end up with four or five peninsula teams in it and a few teams from Division One who are very very strong, then uh, it's going to be very very competitive. But yeah, we want to be up there. You know, as you said, as everyone knows, the new owners come in and made it very clear he wants to be, well, not he wants to be successful and is very ambitious. So, hopefully, as players and management, we can match that and get it right on the pitch and hopefully be up there at the end of the season. And which other clubs in the league do you think will be there or thereabouts? It depends who's in the league. I mean, we don't know. Um, obviously, Tavistock, Exmouth, and. It could be it could be so many, you know. I'm sure the peninsula teams if they come in they're gonna be up there with a shout. It depends who moves sideways, you know, there's talk of Cribs going the in the Hellenic. They had a good season this season, they're a strong team. But yeah, it could be a number of one to ten, couldn't it? It really could be. It just depends on how the league's gonna be restructured and and where people move to. 
Uh, and one final question. Um, obviously, we, we hope that the coronavirus pandemic is, you know, behind us and we're, we're coming out of that. But um, we, we have to prepare for the worst. We've obviously had two seasons that couldn't be completed. I mean, what would you like to see the FA put in place before we kick a ball next season? Just, in, you know, just, just so that you've got some certainty uh, about what it is you're playing for. Oh, I think that, I think by you know by July we'll be play friendlies again. You know, in May in May obviously the crowds will be back. So I think I think if they started with a, a capacity like they did before, as long as all the clubs have got their COVID restrictions in, you know, just get the crowds back as, as many as possible. And I think you know by then most people have had the first jab as well. So you know, just 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 see what happens. You know, let's, let's, I think the crowds back is the main thing. You know, uh, you know the players are in the change rooms all together now. So let's get the crowds back, back playing. You know, by July or I hope by July, you know, everyone's sort of vaccinated up. So yeah, let's get on with it. Let's hopefully have a full season. You know, worst case scenario, maybe do you need to do all the cups again? You know, especially like the county cups, do you need to do them again. I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens. And my thanks to Dave for his time and also um, special thanks to Bridgewater and in particular Bob Buckingham, the chairman there, for being incredibly hospitable in these difficult times and facilitating um, um, James, Ray and myself um, to cover that game. I'm, I really do genuinely hope that the fans that listen to the commentary enjoyed it, even if they didn't necessarily all enjoy um, the result. But it was an opportunity um, to get back um, to football. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Uh, now, we turn our attention to the other all-toolstation Western League FA Vars match in that fourth round, and it was Plymouth Parkway. They took on Clevedon, and, and how did that one go? Another close game, Jim? Yeah, it was close, yeah. Uh, reading the match reports online, it sounded like Parkway had the best of the first half, and uh, Clevedon come out firing in the second half, but just couldn't find the back of the net. So Parkway progressed 2-1 winners. Um, they took the lead after 13 minutes when uh, Mikey Williams... Showed his pace down on the right, cut inside and slotted into the far corner. Um, and then they doubled their lead just before uh, the halftime interview. Williams again involved when he picked out River Allen at the far post, who had the easy, easy tap in to make it 2 0 at the break. Uh, as I said, but Cleveland seemed to improve in the second half, um, had a few chances, uh, but got their goal deep into stoppage time thanks to Morgan, Morgan Williams' goal. But Parkway held on uh, in injury time to progress 2-1 winners uh, and they will host Flatwell Heath on Saturday um, and then the winners of Tavistock versus United Service Portsmouth uh, will play the winners of Parkway Flatwell Heath so hopefully uh, both teams progress and we've got another all-tool station Western League fixture in the Vars. Yeah, that would be excellent. And for those Plymouth Parkway fans who obviously won't be able to make the game on Saturday against Blackwell Heath, um, I've got some good news for you. Well, 
I hope it's good news anyway. We will be bringing you another audio commentary. Ray Johnson and myself will be travelling down to the headquarters of the Devon FA and we will be covering that game um, every kick, hopefully every goal, for you live from three o'clock on, on Saturday. So even if you can't make the game, which, of course, we can't at these difficult times, you will still be able to hear your side, hopefully, for Parkway fans, progress into the uh, into the next round of the FA Vars competition. Um, but for now, we'll uh, turn our attention to Clevedon Town. And uh, I had a chat with their one of, a member of their coaching team, Lee Rendell. Of course, Lee's been on the, the podcast before. Now, of course, we did talk about that game against Parkway. But I started off by asking Lee about the charity work that he does. If you remember, over Christmas, we spoke to Lee on the podcast and uh, he was he was collecting Christmas presents for children for a charity called Kids Out. And I asked him how that went. Yeah, very well. Uh, you know, we um, we raised around about um, five thousand uh, pounds in toys for for you know, um, less privileged children, uh, which was a, a really good success. Really, um, it, it probably trebled what we got the year before. So we were really happy. Excellent stuff. Well, that's a, a theme I'm sure we'll return to next Christmas. But for now, um, we've got the pleasure of talking about um, actual football, um, which is obviously something that we haven't been able to do for quite some time. Now, obviously, you were in action against um, Plymouth Parkway at the weekend. Um, obviously, you're going to be disappointed with the with the final result. But, I mean, were there any positives that you could take out of the game? Yeah, plenty of positives, mate. Um... The, the, the fact that we uh, went up against and went toe to toe with a side that have been putting six, seven, and eight past sides in recent in recent well, you know, recent months, if you like, in their recent games, um, and we held them right on to the end. I mean, we, we scored in the last few minutes, if you like, but um, you know, a two-one scoreline isn't isn't that, that disgraceful, really. They're, they're a very, very good side, and um, I, I've had no doubt they're, they're going to be, you know, they're in their banks at the end of this competition. I mean, what was it like to prepare for this game? Because, I mean, it, it, it strikes me as the footballing equivalent of going from 0 to 60 in, in about five seconds. You had virtually no time to prepare the boys for such an important match. Um, to, to, in all fairness, the, the, the lads have been together a, a few years now. Um, so it, when we got back together to, to, to start training, they, um, it, it was, it was like, you, like you said, they did the ground running, really. We, we, we were back into it straight away. Um, they come back in pretty good shape, to be fair. Um, and we had, a, we had, I think, a couple of friendlies, an in-house, a couple of in-house games as well. Um, and the preparation was pretty good. You know, I don't think we could have done much more. And just on on a day, it just wasn't enough. And the better side won. I mean, from a sort of a mental health point of view, what did it mean to you to get back to get the team back into training? I imagine that not just for you, the coaches, but also the players, it must have been an enormous relief after the months of uncertainty that we've been suffering. Yeah, it has been a nightmare, but that's not only us, that's probably every single side outside of the football league. When we got back in, it was as if they hadn't been away, really. The guys were all, there was, yeah, there was laughter, banter, flying around straight away. So it was as if we hadn't been away, which which was a really good sign. So let's talk about your opponents then. I mean, you mentioned that, um, you, you know, you, you, you think that they'll go um, um, all the way, uh, or you think they have the capacity to go all the way in this tournament. I mean, it doesn't look like we're necessarily going to be seeing them again um, in the Western League next season, if they do get promoted, promoted to the, uh, the the Southern League, I mean, do you think that's the right decision given how they performed over the last two seasons? Yeah, I think so. Mate, without doubt, they've 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 been superb. Um, every time I've I've been on the the, the end of a, of a wrong ten nil hammering they know when I was uh, back at Oddbane. So um, I've seen just so good they are for the last few years, and and they've added to their squad. 
and, and it didn't in very, 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 you know, very good quality. And um, it showed that on Saturday. And and those lads that they've added turned up on the day. And I, I can't see them having it. I can't see them having any problem. They'll, they'll be down there about in the league above as well. They're going to be one of the beneficiaries of the restructuring should it go ahead. But I mean, it leaves clubs like yours in 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 potentially an awkward position because there will need to be quite a lot of lateral movement in the Premier Division of the Western League if you know to accommodate the teams that are going to get moved around. I mean, is that something that you've talked about as a club? Yes, I, I think um, the logistics are going to be it's going to be quite difficult. It's going to be a lot more travelling by 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 the looks of it. I mean, there's been no concrete. Um, decision yet of, of who's coming in, who's going out, and who's moving across, and what's going on. So it's it's quite hard to to talk. But um, we we've discussed every scenario, and we'll just we'll just take what's, what's thrown at us. Really, we the um, aim out down at Cleveland Town is promotion. Um, whether that happens next season, the season after, who, who knows? But that that is our aim, and whatever whatever league we're in, that that's what we're going to be um, setting out to do. Because you have been getting better and better over you know last season, uh, the last couple of seasons. Sorry and. Uh, you know, particularly in this season, the, you know, the, the, albeit we only played a handful of games, but your your form was was ver- was very eye catching. So, I mean, do you think that puts a bit of a target on your back for next season? Perhaps you won't be quite so much the unknown quantity. We just we just go out and do what we can do and, and, and do it to the best of our ability. Um, whatever, you know, we've we've all said whatever anyone else thinks about us, we don't really really care. It's, it's what what goes on in house. Um, and like I said before, the, the group of the group of lads that are there now. Uh, have been together for a few years, and I, thought, I, I personally think that holds a lot in in, in how you perform. Um, they know each other. They 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 took hidings when they were young. You know, these, these lads are 21, 22, the majority of them now. And when they got put together, they're like 18 years old, and they they've been on the end of hammerings. They know what it's like to lose. Now it's it's the case that they go out and enjoy the football. You know, it's, and, and they really do in training. We had training last night, and there were smiles on faces, banter flying around, and it's it's a really good place to be. Well, you certainly caught my eye this season, and you're going to be one of my ones to watch for next season. But which other clubs have you got your eye on? You know, who else do you think is going to go well in the Western League next season? Me personally, from from past experience, I, I, I can't see um, any of the sides that come across from the Peninsula. Just, if, you, if you look at the league table as it stands now, the likes of um, Exmouth, Tavistock, and um, and Plymouth, and they've all come across. So you can you, you can just tell like, just by that that they haven't come across to make up the numbers. Um, but in, in our league, I, I think the likes of Bitten, you can't write Bitten off. Um, the likes of even even Cribs, Cribs have gone really well last year. Um, Rich Luffin's done a pretty good job out there, and you know I, I think that you know they, they could be a team to watch as well. You've got no football now until uh, until August when the, when the league does start. Um, what are your, what are your plans and um, for the next few months? You can't really say take a break because uh, you've, we've, we've had a bit of a big break, really. But um, it is going to be uh, as you were. Um, I think we're going to we're going to try and get a few friendlies in. Um, through May, um, get some training sessions in, and then have a, and, and take a break away from it. Um, you know, go have, have, have the family time in, in the summer, and then come back as as you would at the end of June or mid June um, pre-season training. And uh, hopefully, we're back to normal as you were. Now, from one Lee to another, you heard him on last week's podcast, Lee Hobbs, the manager of Plymouth Park. We obviously on that occasion, and they triumphed over Fareham Town to set up that clash. Uh, with Clevedon, and uh, following a conversation I had with their media supremo, Mike Parrish, this week, Mike's been very kind to share the post-match interview he did with Lee. Um, I don't know whether we'll be covering this on James's uh, week on Twitter, but Mike does some fantastic work. He does some fantastic um, video footage 
of the Parkway Games and always includes um, some really insightful post-match interviews as well. And uh, I was really grateful that he shared that with us. So for once on the Toolstation Westerly podcast, you don't have to suffer me asking the questions. I'm going to hand it over to Mike, who's having a chat with Lee after that win against Clevedon. Lee, 2-1, uh, first and foremost, uh, through to the next round. Yeah, delighted. Um, it had that feel about it today with, with having a dressing room and just had a different, whole different outlook on the preparation. As little as it may sound, it's a big thing in football to have a dressing room. So we were really pleased with that and I felt we were superb today. That, that's what I've been waiting for for the last two or three weeks of, of, since we've been back and it was to be expected where we've gradually grown and built and built and built and I felt everything come to fruition today. 2-1 doesn't really tell the story of the game though, does it? I don't believe so, no. Arguably we should have been 5-0 up half-time. Um, I was hopeful that we wouldn't be left ruined, missed chances in... Um, I felt we could have been a bit more clinical on the day. They, it, it just seemed that they fell to the, to not the right people that you want them to drop to, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but um, listen, disappointed not to get the clean sheet. But more importantly, we're in the at or we're in the next round when we welcome Flackwell Heath to here. Two nil is always a difficult, difficult scoreline at halftime. What do you say to the players? More of the same. Um, but. Use this next 40 minutes, five minutes to manage the game properly, uh, as well as trying to do what you do. Hopefully, I said I asked them, could they could they run for another 30 minutes the way they've just ran for the first 45? If they could do that, they'd make it a lot more easier for themselves in the last 15. They've done that. We couldn't get that elusive third goal, but look, listen, I'm disappointed not to get the clean sheet, but I'll take 2-1 in the next round of the competition all day long. Moments of magic win games, and, and Mikey Williams produced one today. Yeah, superb. That was Mikey, as we know him. Um, he nicknamed the Wizard for no reason, and he, he was excellent today. Uh, a brilliant bit of um, individual play for for his first goal, and a moment of magic for his second, which we've seen over the years, time and time and time again. So it doesn't come as a surprise that he's delivered that, and big players turn up on the big stage, and he's certainly done that today. I know he was only on for five minutes, but is it good to have Shane back? in and around the dressing room? 100%. Listen, Shane Cracks, a big player for us, not just in terms of out on the field, off the field as well, where he's noisy within dressing rooms. He demands, he expects, and it was good to get, albeit five minutes, into his legs today. Yeah, he's good to be, He's good now. Hopefully he can kick on now, train Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry, and then um, hopefully play another small part next week. I know you're itching to get to the pub, so one final question, and it's a question I always ask your, your man of the match for today. Mikey. All day long for me, Mikey. There was a few, if I'm being brutally honest, I thought the defence was sound. Um, the midfield, Jamie, come in and, and was, was flawless. Um, but no, Mikey, he, he was honest, he was hard-working, he had a goal, won a pen and an assist last week, and he's popped up with a, another goal and assist today. So he, he's doing what we, we require of him to do, and hopefully long may it continue. Congratulations into the fifth round. Enjoy your beer. 100% I will. And my thanks to Mike and Plymouth Parkway, um, for their assistance this week, not just just with that audio, but also with allowing us to broadcast um, that game in the FA Vars from the Devon FA. I'm really looking forward to that, and I know Ray Johnson is as well. Now, we'll move on to the final part of this week's podcast, James. Your week on Twitter, and um, plenty of football to talk about. Yeah, it's been a busy one. Obviously, with Parkway Clevedon, their match day updates, post-match stuff, pre-match stuff. Uh, I know Parkway had a few issues. I think Twitter was down actually on Saturday afternoon. So a few clubs were struggling to get updates out. Um, but they managed to in the end. They got a way around it. But yeah, it was good updates from uh, from Bridgewater and Tavistock on Friday. 
and then uh, they were Tavistock was really impressive actually because Dave was down there taking photos and was tweeting live photos as well, which is you don't normally see that at our level. So that was that was good to see. And he had all his equipment in the corner and was tweeting away. Um, so it's, it's good to see that uh, that he can actually do that and keep fans up to date with some nice action shots. And also, as I say, Parkway and Clevedon, they had all their pre-match and post-match stuff. Uh, so it's nice to see uh, games being covered and along with the friendly games that clubs are playing as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice. We're kind of getting back to some normality with in the Twitter sphere of match updates, which is good. Uh, on the side note, uh, Martin at Hengrove, I think he was... Uh, he was tweeting well um, after the announcement of this European Super League. He put up a couple of uh, funny tweets, a couple of statements. I think he was one of the first ones I saw. Uh, but his wording was, the club would like to issue the following statement. Last week, Hengrove Athletic were among several clubs to have been asked to join the new Super, no, the new European Super League. We are pleased to announce that we completely reject the offer and reaffirm our commitment to the Tall Station Western League which then a few other clubs jumped in on that as well, which is a, a bit of good fun. Um, and then he went on from that and tweeted another one saying, for those querying our credentials for being offered a place in the European Super League, we won the Les Phillips Cup back in 2015-16 as a first division club. How many of the clubs mentioned can say that, hey? <laughs> so he was uh, he was on fire this week, old Martin. He, if you follow his personal account, he does love a good... Uh, one-line joke and a bit of a pun as well. So good fun there coming out of uh, out of Hengrove. Um, Cribs also, they've tweeted something quite funny. They're after managers for their third and fourth teams. Um, but because they were restricting for wording and characters in their tweet, they referred to the, uh, to the world of soccer, which a couple of people said, why are you using the word soccer? Uh, so they put out a statement saying, should anyone be worried by the use of the word soccer? It was used to fit within the Twitter character limits. We wholeheartedly welcome people who call our beautiful game football. So if you want to apply for a job there, then uh, go to Cribs. A um, few more bits. Uh, Exmouth, again, have been busy with their ground updates. They uh, tweeted a photo of some new fencing that they put up, uh, which the money from the uh, Football Foundation COVID fund funded. So that was uh, nice to see. But their ground improvements, they worked really hard down there. So looks really nice. I'm looking forward to getting down there in the sunshine, hopefully. Uh, and then there was something from Parkway, actually. Uh, they retweeted one of their fans, uh, Gavin Lloyd, which I think a lot of people in uh, Tour Station Western League will know because he travels home and away watching Parkway. Uh, he said, when people ask, ask me who I support and I say Plymouth Parkway, they say, yeah, but who's your Premier League team? I say, I don't support any Premier League team. And then he says, and now you know why. This European thing is a complete shower of. And then there's an emoji there. He said, it's all complete greed, hashtag non-league. Uh, so, yeah, this, uh, I thought that was quite a good way of putting it. Yeah, now a, a sentiment I wholeheartedly uh, understand. I mean, it is for, for those of us who religiously do follow non-league football, it is very it's difficult to get quite as excited as everybody else is getting at the moment about about the prospect of the Super League. But as I said earlier, you know, I think it's worth one of those things not to take your eye off the ball just in case we lose out on some of these important funding streams. And also, uh, we have to keep an eye on how the grass, uh, the FA's covering grassroots football. Yeah, indeed. And there's another one, another couple actually that I forgot to mention there in the Twitter roundup. Uh, Westbury United. Uh, I don't know if you saw their video. 
promotion video that they've had done. It's uh, outstanding work, that is. Um, I urge everyone to have a look at that. It's, uh, it's great. It's so well put together and a great promotional video for them. Um, so, yeah, get on to Westbury's uh, Twitter feed and have a look at that video. It's really, really well done. And I think it was you who said, actually, just uh, ups the game a little bit more. So it just shows what people can do at our standard. And, uh, yeah, Parkway lead the way. Caution, we mentioned the same lot every week, but the more more clubs are getting on to that now, and it's, uh, it's really good to see. And also they put up something about... Uh, free entry next season to anybody who uh, will bring along a shirt from the six that are looking to go into this European Super League. Uh, if you take a, a used shirt to them, you'll get, gain free entry and those shirts will be donated to a, to their local charity of choice, um, which I think is a great idea. I saw Grimsby were doing something similar that if you take a shirt in, they will swap it for a, a Grimsby Town shirt. So lower down league clubs are coming up with some good ideas to uh, to get people to follow lower league clubs. But I thought that was a great one from Westbury to get people to give their shirts of the, the six greed greedy teams. Take your shirt in there, game free and entry to uh, a Westbury United game. Well, on, on that note, I mean, there, undoubtedly there will be a great many people who do support, in particular those six clubs, who perhaps will feel quite disgruntled by you know what they're seeing playing out at the moment and um, as much as I would like Westbury to be the beneficiaries of, of those shirts um, you told us on last week's podcast about the charity that you're involved with and uh, actually on a serious note those shirts could do an awful lot of good couldn't they? Oh yeah without a doubt I mean we mentioned last week the kits to kids thing I've had a few more shirts donated this week that have gone to local schools um that then they either put them in their lost property box or they give them to, they know the kids that, that need them. So when they go into a PE lesson, my wife's a primary school teacher, um, and some kids in her PE lessons do it in just like a normal plain black T-shirt. And there's other kids in like the latest Manchester United, Liverpool shirt, Chelsea shirts. And she says you can see that the kids would love one. So it's, it's ideal. I take them into local schools around where I am in Bristol. And, uh, yeah, they've gone to gone to good homes. The kids get to keep them. And they love wearing them, basically. I mean, they want... When I was growing up, I always wanted a Yeovil Town shirt was mine, and I was lucky enough to get them. My brother's got twin boys, and they're lucky enough to get the latest shirts from all over. They've got loads of different ones, but they grow out of them so quick. So it would be nice to... Yeah, if anyone has got any old shirts that they want to get rid of and uh, get in touch well you know if anybody's in the process of burning their shirts and i mean i think that there's been a fair few who have been according to the news i mean how do they how do they how do they get them to you first uh, uh drop me an email james at uh, kits to kids.co.uk um, and then we can arrange either a pickup or some postage uh, to get them to me and they will definitely find a, a good home and not be burnt Excellent. Right. Well, that turns a negative into a positive. You've put a smile back on our face with those excellent, um, with that excellent Twitter roundup. Thanks ever such a lot, James. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>